Our scripture reading for today comes from Luke 11, verses 1 through 13. Listen to a word from God. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, may your name be revered as holy. May your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything out of friendship, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches, finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asked for a fish, would give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asked for an egg, would give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Holy God, thank you for your word. Open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to the message you have for us. In Jesus' name. So how did you learn to pray, and what was the first prayer that you learned? For how many of you was it the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven? Okay. For how many of you was it some kind of meal prayer, a grace, uh, maybe a, a bless us, O Lord, for these thy gifts, something like that? Wonderful. Now I lay me down to Now I lay me down to resonated deep in your soul, right? Some of us learned because we memorized prayers that were taught to us. Some of us learned because we heard prayers over and over and over and over again. Some of us who came to church or to faith later in life just played along and looked around at what other people were doing and faked it till we made it. But we have all in some way learned how to pray. We've learned about the words to say and about the stance, about the folding of hands and bowing head and closing eyes. We've learned about when the right times are to pray, before meals, before bed, at church, all those things. We've learned a lot. We haven't learned all of the elements about prayer. I've shared this story with uh, some of you before, but it's one of my favorite uh, childhood embarrassing moment stories, and I'd like to tell it. Uh, when I was in first grade, we were tasked with writing stories. 
And my teacher, Mrs. Armstrong, you know, gave us the paper and told us to write our own story. And so I wrote a brilliant story, if I do say so myself. It was the story of a unicorn who got stuck in a snowstorm. And the unicorn usually ate grass, but because of the snow covering the earth, it couldn't find any food. And so after searching and searching, the unicorn walks across a big open meadow and then turns around and sees in her footprints the grass poking up from her footprints. So she turns around and retraces her steps and eats the grass and lives happily ever after. Great story, right? See, there's, there's a lot in there that I don't think I knew at the time. But, um, but my teacher, Mrs. Armstrong, loved this story. In fact, it won an award. Yeah, I know. And it got posted on the wall, and I was so proud of this story. So fast forward a little ways, and it's time for us to write another story in class. So I'm thinking back to my past success, and I've got the blank paper in front of me, and I come up with a great idea. And I write a story about a young bunny who gets stuck in a snowstorm. <laughs> and it usually eats grass, but it can't find any because of the snow, and so it hops across a big meadow and turns around and sees grass coming up from its footprints, and it knows where to eat and lives happily ever after. I did not win an award for that story. <laughs> Mrs. Armstrong was not as impressed. And I learned that day that there are several elements to a story, a who, what, when, where, and a why. And you can't just change one of the elements in all of your stories. This does actually happen in Hollywood quite a lot. We see that all over the place. But I learned that there's more to a story than just changing a character and having everything different. That shorter. And I'm going to read it one more time and I 
Father, may your name be revered as holy. May your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. Amen. There's another version of Jesus teaching the Lord's Prayer in the Gospel of Matthew. And Matthew's uh, version is a little bit longer, a little bit closer to what we say today. But though there are, you know, these, these differences, and you've added this benediction, the kingdom of power and the glory, um, by and large, we say a very similar prayer to what we just read in Luke. Jesus teaches the disciples this prayer, and then he follows up with a couple of parable-like stories. If a friend comes to the door in the middle of the night asking for food, you would certainly help them, even if you didn't want to, because of persistence. If your child asked for food, you would certainly not give them something dangerous instead. So if even you would be this giving, imagine how much more giving the God who loves you. Jesus teaches prayer. And it's interesting that this is the point that he's teaching his followers how to pray. This is pretty far along in the gospel, and the followers have been with Jesus for some time already, and they have actually gone out and done their own ministry. They have prayed themselves, they have done miracles, they have taught, they have healed, they've been with Jesus as he's prayed and prayed with him. And yet there's something
prayer comes naturally and doesn't have to be dramatic, yet there's something to gain from a deeper understanding and practice. Stephen Ferris compares it to breathing. He reminds us that breathing is intuitive. The day that you were born, you were not taught how to breathe, but it came about naturally. And yet, there are things that we can learn about breathing that actually make us more effective with our breath. Singers and actors in particular can tell you about this. When you learn and when you practice techniques over and over, you can create a new depth to your breath in a way that goes beyond just what your body does intuitively. You don't need a seminary degree to pray. You don't need any kind of degree. But when Jesus had an opportunity to teach his followers about prayer, he shared some things that would make them more intentional to bring a breath of depth to their prayers. He taught them the who and the why. And it starts with the very first word, Father. Now this word can be troublesome for some people, particularly those that have difficult relationships with their earthly fathers. But it's not meant to be uh, gendered in particular. We see motherly language attributed to God elsewhere in Scripture. It's meant to convey a deep, intimate, relational tone. Father, loving parent who knows me deeply. This is the who. In the parable stories that Jesus follows up with, up with, Jesus teaches that God is the one who gives when we ask, who opens when we knock, who receives when we search. God is the one that we go to in the middle of the night when we are in crisis, even at the most inconvenient of times. And the who is the God that responds. The Lord's Prayer teaches us that the who is this loving parent, God, who gives, opens, receives. But there's another part of the who. If you have your Lord's Prayer in your bulletin again, look at it and notice how many times you see plural language. The other great who of the Lord's Prayer is the people we pray with. This prayer reminds us that we're called to be in community. Give us bread. Forgive us as we forgive others. Us, 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 are, are, are. This is not to say we shouldn't pray alone. In fact, Jesus prays by himself quite often in the Gospels. But it's a reminder that we gain something from thinking of others as we pray, from praying with others from time to time by remembering that prayer is collective. It's not just about our personal needs and desires. Jesus gives the followers a bigger vision of not just how to pray, but who to pray with and who to pray to. He shares the why as well, so that we might rest in that love and knowledge of God, so that we're spurred on to act with forgiveness, so that the world might look a little bit more like heaven, like the kingdom of God. 
Pastor Garrett preached not too long about not too long ago about prayer and about how it's actually an invitation for us to get involved in the things that we are praying for. Don't just pray about a political issue or a relational issue or whatever it might be and just sit back and wait to watch. Plan to get involved if it's something you are praying for. There's no promise in this text that we get exactly what we are asking for in prayer. God doesn't operate like a cosmic Santa Claus. But there is a promise here that we will always receive God's spirit. The very presence of God, no matter what it is that we are asking for. The what, when, and how of prayer, I think, are often less important than the who and the why. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf, that even our groans and our lack of words when we don't have them go to God like prayers because of intercession. But if we can practice remembering who God is, remembering who our community is, and slowing down to remember why we pray, I think our prayers will take on a new kind of richness. Close with a story of the most effective prayer that I experienced in my life, a sort of unpredictable place. I was, was my first job in ministry. I was a youth worker at a church in Seattle, and I had this wonderful pastor, mentor, boss named Jeff. And part of our um, ministry was we would take our volunteers out for lunch and for dinner fairly often and do some trainings out while we were eating. And we uh, would go to, you know, just to normal restaurants to eat. And in Christian circles, there's often expectation that you pray before a meal, right? Well, I remember always feeling a little awkward, and in Seattle in particular, it's one of the least religious cities in the country, and I just always felt awkward about praying in public, and I was never really thinking about the prayer. I was thinking about it as the server waiting for us, and as someone watching us, and it felt just tense and awkward, and I never really liked it. And uh, Jeff, my boss, started this thing, not in response to my feeling of awkward, but just of his own sense of what prayer was, what was meaningful for this community. And so what he would do is we'd all gather, and when they would serve the food, he would give everyone at the table direct eye contact. And he would say, I am grateful. I am grateful. And we would inevitably think, respond and say, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And then he'd say, Amen. And would he? It was this acknowledgement of the community we were with and this almost jolting reminder that we were the recipients of God's great gifts, of each other, of food, of this place, and this time. And it was some of the most authentic praying about the who and the why than about the how or the what. <clears throat> we always end our sermons with a prayer. And today I have a short prayer written, but I invite you to keep your eyes open. If you would like to, I invite you to look around at those around you while I pray. You can give them eye contact or you can just look around them however you feel comfortable. And we will pray in a different kind of way.
So if you're open to it, keep your eyes open and let us pray. God, thank you that you are God and we are not. You know us deeply, the best and worst of each of us, and you love us anyway. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful. Help us to learn more about you through these people around us, and help us to make this hurting world a little